So, hi, Bruno. Hey, Adam. How, how are you, man? Good to see you here. And uh, thanks for the, for the opportunity. Yeah, perfect. So, um, question to you. How you started programming? So, what was your first set of world? <laughs> oh, man. That was a long, long time ago. I first started uh, programming BASIC on uh, a CPM machine. <laughs> okay. And it was... Um, I, there, was, there was this little game that I wanted to play and that I was playing with my friends. And, um, you know, I found out that the source code for the game so I could actually um, put my name in certain places and then the game would know that was me and would give me advantages. <laughs> That's how it started. <laughs> hey, cool. Where you found the source code on GitHub? Oh, no, that was two <laughs> years ago, right? That's, you know, it was not on GitHub at all. And by that time, we were actually... Are uh, loading the programs from a from a, a tape cassette. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I also started with Basic, but it was uh, Sinclair. So it was uh, ZX uh, Spectrum. Yeah, mine was was um, a TRS eighty mm -hmm. uh, machine. <laughs> when when was it? You remember that? Well, it's somewhere in the eighties. Yeah. Um, I was I was about eight years old in my. My dad, my dad was, you know, let me kind of talk briefly about my dad. He, my dad was, was he was he was a fictionate by technology, and he he wanted to to buy technology for me. Right? It's like, and so uh, in Brazil by that time we had uh, we were forbidding to import uh, equipment, so everything had to be built in Brazil. We had a this crazy law that pre that prevented uh, importing of of, of uh, computers. So we, we had a friend, a friend of, of, of my, my dad, um, he, he was um, a diplomat. So he, he traveled to the U.S. and brought in a Commodore machine. So he hired um, this, this professor to teach us basic. And then, uh, you know, and then, but, I, you know, my, my father got so excited about the idea that he bought a computer for me, right? And so, you know, for, I was, I was, uh, it, was, it was very, very fun. <laughs> Yeah, this is actually cool. Too about the law, uh, it seems like yeah, uh, the old Brazilian law swapped over to USA right now, right? Well, I don't know. You know, <laughs> like with the ta tariffs, you know, the tariffs and uh, Mr. Trump. Yeah, but you know, it's, it's it's a very different thing, right? You know, <laughs> this was just fun, <laughs> just fun. Yeah, it's, it's, no, but it's, but it's one thing. It's one thing when you when you pay taxes, and right now in Brazil, taxes are very high. Uh, for important things, for example, right? So you you buy a computer in Brazil, so it's like three, four times more expensive than if you buy here in the U.S. Oh, really? But uh, but but you know, it's one thing about tariffs. The other thing is is the forbidden, right? Because then there's nothing that you can do, and you have to be to go in illegal if you want to do anything, right? Mm -hmm. So that's that's kind of thing the big difference. Yeah, yeah, of course. What was your you know next language? So you started with basic. What was the next language? You. Oh, I work, yeah, I work with lots of things. I, I work with Clipper and, uh, you know, I actually represented a Clipper library uh, in Brazil. I, I work with, uh, I, you know, I did a uh, scientific uh, work with Prolog and um, I work a lot of C. I was doing, uh, you know, before before I, before I learned Java, I, I was doing uh, C development for TCP IP. So, you know, that, I, I went through... Uh, uh, lots of different languages. I'm, I'm not sure exactly what ones was the, the very next one, mm -hmm. but uh, you know, at that time we experimented with whatever whatever was able to put your hands on, right? 
But uh, why you did it? It was like in, at school or was it your a job or, or what you built actually? You know, a lot of it, when I first started, a lot of it had to do with, with uh, I think that my dad uh, kind, of, uh, kind of helping me out and incentivate uh, me to, to, to go and, 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 and experiment with things. And, um, but then very, very soon I start, you know, I, I wrote uh, a, a couple of softwares for, uh, to print uh, uh, you know, business cards and, and um, uh, you know, like, like glue labels. And so I was selling those things. So actually, I was making a little bit of money, and you know, so there's there's all kinds of things. I think there's a lot, a lot, a lot for experimentation. So I did play around along with games. There's there's one time that I remember doing. Uh, you know, at that time you would copy from from printed magazines. You would copy the source code in assembler. So it, you'd type all the assembler code uh, by hand, so you could actually have a game, right? So. You know, a lot of it was was just kind of we had that computer, and so we had to make it work for something, I guess. <laughs> okay, uh, this I think a great way to learn programming, right? So yeah, but yeah, experiment. I, I think I think the only way for learning programming is experimenting, right? You know, I think this is uh, uh, you know trying out and, and experimenting with things and and seeing uh, what you can do, and so so that's that was for me when when I first um, when I was hired by Sun. Uh, I had. I was very, very lucky. I was hired by Sun uh, a week before. Wait a um, second. Wait a second. Uh, um, before we, we go to the Sun, what's what's interests oh, okay, me? Cool. What interests me is, uh, mm -hmm. were you the lonely hacker, or you had a group of you know peers where you, you all together started hacking with the with your computer? So um, you know, the, it was it was mostly a lone thing, uh, mm -hmm. but but. It, I, I live it in Brasilia, and that time Brasilia was was, uh, was the capital of Brazil, mm -hmm. and Brasilia was, uh, you know, we had like a BBS, uh, like a national BBS system that was free to use. So, uh, you know, that was like way before the internet or anything like this. So, so uh, I, I I I both had my own like BBS in my computer, mm -hmm. but I just had online so people just kind of call call once <laughs> but and then we had this this uh, it's, called, it's called sit on down it was like a uh, a national bbs uh, system run by by the brazilian telco company and um and so there's lots of people that could join in there so there was a a, a little bit of um uh you know relationship with other people and and most people that i was dealing with at that time were a lot older than i was but uh, so, so most of the things that I was doing was mostly myself. But you know, we had this this community of people online, uh, kind of online, I guess, uh, that we, they were exchanging ideas and exchanging. You know, I, I remember um, going out and getting my bike and and going to the other side of the city uh, to get a tape from a guy that I bought online. So he had a new software that he he was writing. <laughs> so you know, so we had a little bit of of relationship with other people too. Cool. So you are you worked mostly alone. So what was your drive? What motivated you, you know, to to implement all this stuff? So this is amazing. So you 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 were still only hacker. So why you are so you know inspired by programming? You know, for me, it was programming. For me, has always been uh, the ability of creating things. Right. You know, the ability of of you know just you and the computer and you were able to do something with it right you know i was never a sports guy i was never 
uh you know i, I never had i think i think my my main my main thing was was uh, uh, computers right so it was actually a way for me to to do things right you know i i didn't need to to you know to go out and 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 do push-ups and things like this and become strong right? you know uh and so i could i could create my own stuff uh, uh just me and the computer i think that was was more what i, what I was looking for and were you motivated by a movie or just you know it was like uh your own motivation no it was not a movie uh yes I, i think i think that i think that my main motivator was my dad right is, you know he would he would just go out and 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 buy stuff and just kind of drop things in, in in my table to see what what i would play with <laughs> right <laughs> well yeah you know i i remember my dad once he he called me many many years later and he called me i was at university already and he said bruno why what's a scanner for i'm like well a scanner you know you 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 scan photos and put in the computer and he said what else well we can scan text right so you don't have to type and you can you can bring to the computer and he what what else well i think that's it dad you know that's you know you scan things you put things into into the computer why do you want to buy a scanner do you have a reason for a scanner it's like no no i saw one it was cheap and i bought it uh, i don't think i need it you can have it <laughs> so that was my dad right so i think i think a lot of it was was he Uh, uh, you know, he incentivated me, and and he would buy this 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 stuff. So I remember having uh, this TRS went to, to a computer uh, fair in Brasilia, and there was a, a similar computer that that we had, like the one we had, and he had uh, floppy disk drivers, right? Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, this is cool, so you don't need the cassettes anymore, right? So he made a deal with the guy, and he bought like the 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 the, the discs that were. Like the two discs, he bought two two uh, um, uh, uh, disc drivers mm -hmm. um, right there at the show, right? You know, it's like a, like the 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 the, the presentation mod or something like this, and you know, it was like way way overkill, right? Because you know, that, by that time, there's no there's no use for second disc drive, right? Yeah. So um, you know, I only would use the second disc drive to copy from one disc to the other. So, you know, I think I think that a lot of it was was his motivations. Yeah, cool. I'm very So, and now you are the Java man, right? So, but before Java man, um what was the biggest thing before Java or the coolest thing before Java you built? You remember that? Uh, what was the most fun or the coolest? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that the the the, the coolest thing that I that we were doing right before Java was uh, so I, I was at university mm -hmm. uh when java came out right so uh so the, i think that the coolest thing that i was doing at that time there's two two things one i was doing like more for work that i was writing uh you know tcp ip applications mm -hmm. and to me it was 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 like totally amazing that that we could kind of connect to the network and thing like that and um and the second thing is that's that i was doing a prologue application to um you know that was my my uh, uh you know my scientific project with a, with a, a university teacher that was in a prologue application to recognize uh cloud patterns right so you could you could get a, a satellite picture and you would recognize the the clouds on it so you could remove you know, remove the clouds to make a, a clear uh sky uh picture mm -hmm. so You know, so that was that was a, a crazy prologue application that we were doing. <laughs> I think prologue was the beginning of AI, right? 
yes, Prologue was, you know, actually that, that started um, with uh, a university professor that was doing, you know, we were, he, was, he was teaching AI at university. And uh, so I was, I was taking that course. And then a friend of mine uh, told me, you know, I, I, I wanted to, to, to work there's a, on the second floor of, of the university. There was, they had this special room with air conditioning and they had this very, very cool uh, sun machines, right? You know, the workstations. And, it, and we're like, how do I get in this room, right? Because we only had access to the, to the, to the windows machines in this hot room with lots of people. And I'm like, how do I get access to this room? And so, oh, you can't because this is just for, for 30 years, right? And you're, you're still in the first year or second, you know, and, and I'm like, man, but I want to get access to this. That guy over there, he's not in this in 30 years yet. And, and they said, well, he's doing, you know, a scientific initiation. I'm like, cool, you know, how do this? So there's this professor teaching, teaching um, artificial intelligence. And, and I asked him, how do, how do I do scientific initiation? And he's like, oh, you know, we can, I have this project we can submit uh, to, to get budget for it. And I said, why do you need budget for? Well, you know, so we can get you, actually, you know, so we can, so I can pay you. I said, oh, I don't want to be paid. <laughs> I don't want the access to the workstation, right? I don't want to be paid. He said, oh, you don't want to be paid. So you can start working right now. So that's how I got involved in this prologue, hey, cool. uh, 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 you know, project. And I got access to this cool Sun workstations. <laughs> you remember with, what was it? Was it the Ultra Workstation or what's what's called the, um, you know, which workstation they oh, were? Uh, no, it's not. Ultra came way before. I was already working at Sun at that time. It was, it was uh, I think that when I start working for Sun, that's when the Spark Station 10 came out. Okay. Right? So Probably the one that we had at, at, at university was like, you know, some some previous version of that. I don't even remember their names. Okay. Like so I, how you came to Java then? So, uh, you know, I was working at TCPIP and, and I started working for this company that does installing TCPIP and, and, um, and, and creating TCPIP applications. Um, and the, 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 the servers that we had at that time, right. You know, because by that time the, you're, you're creating this TCP IP networks, but they're all totally internal networks, right? You put a server there, connect all the computers to the server. There's no internet at all. And so, so the computers that we, we put on those networks, like the, the, the main server, uh, the file server, right. was a sun machine. And, um, so we, so, you know, this company had this relationship was a value add reseller for sun and um uh so I was, I was working i was working with them and then uh one day um you know actually this 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 interesting story because i i i had stopped working for this this, this particular company because my dad did not want me to work anymore he was like bruno you know you have to to study finish your university you know finish school first then you can start working and so he 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 pressured me to not stop working so i stopped working and then i was visiting him i like said and and we're at the beach and, and i said dad you know this whole thing about not working is not working for me i'm gonna go back to work and he's like no you know you shouldn't go back to work you know he has his own issues and you know i uh, you don't need it and i know but I, I i do need right that's the, I, the cool thing that i like and everything so you know, you know how things are. I was like a uh, you know a teenager. Start you know, we start fighting at the beach, and I yell at him. I threw I kick sand on him, and I got mad. And I got back home, and I kind of slammed the door in his face. From like I'm, I was pissed off. And then at that right in the middle of this, right, we were both uh, discussing this whole thing. The phone rang, 
And so the guy on the other side said, you know, it was a friend of mine. He said, Bruno, Newton Gadgets from Sun Microsystems wants, uh, is looking for a trainee. And he said that if you want the job, the job is yours. Mm-hmm. And so at that time, right in the middle of the fight, my dad sat down with me on his computer to write my first resume. And then, you know, so, so, I mean, he put aside all, all the things that he wanted to do to help me do what the things that I wanted to do. So that, that kind of stuck with me very strongly. And so, and so, you know, I, I went on, I joined Sun and, When was um, it? sorry, when was it? That was 1995, right? So actually oh. a week, yeah. So a week later, uh, John Gage made the first demonstration of Java to the world, right? And and not only that, I was very 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 lucky because uh, you know the, this uh, on, on the very first day I joined Sun, uh, there was this uh, you know I, I didn't know what to do right. Sun was a, a hardware machine, hardware's uh, uh, advanced sales post right. Sun in Brazil, and uh, I, I didn't really know exactly what I was going to do in terms of soft development. But uh, when I, I joined the fir- very first day, I didn't know what to do, and, and, and my boss told me, well, you know, there's this this guy from the U.S. here. That's going to do a Solaris training, right? So just go and watch that. And so, you know, it was come lunchtime, everyone leaves the room, and there's just this guy sitting right there. He didn't know what to do. And I didn't know what to do because I, it was my first day, right? So I had no idea where there was any restaurants for it to go, anything like this. So I said, well, let's go together. And so this guy, I, I you know, I have to track down his name because I, I, you know, I, I don't remember his name. But um, this guy told me, said, you know, oh, you, you, you want a soft development. You know, there's this cool thing that Sun is doing. They should take a look at, and, and it's, it's called Awk, right? Mm-hmm. And and so, and and he showed me the website. It's, it's all, all Java already, right? So the whole website was Java, hot Java, and everything. And um, but it was like a totally internal site. And and I you know, I took a, a a little peek and it said, cool. That's you know, it sounds so so interesting. And then um, and then a week later, John Gage made the announcement, uh, like the official. Uh, not the official, like the, the first demonstration of Java. And then uh, in a, a couple of months after that, there are some reporters asking about Java in, in Brazil. And so my boss comes in the room and says, you know, there's some reporters call, asking something about this Java stuff. Does anyone know what that is? And I'm like, I know. <laughs> cool. and, and so that's how, that's how I started this whole, this whole Java man thing. Okay, what you did at Sun then? So what was your job and were you a Java programmer? So what you did actually in 1995? So, so Sun, uh, as I said, Sun was uh, Sun Brazil at that time was was an advanced sales uh, uh, group, right? Mm-hmm. There's no there's no development. There's nothing. There's no n- n- nothing was being created, right? And so uh, my official job at Sun, I was a a uh, um, a pre sales. Engineer, mm-hmm. right? Actually, I was, I was a trainee. Right? I was a trainee for a pre-sales engineer position, right? Um, and uh, uh, since I was a trainee, I could not talk to the press, right? So uh, at that time, there's a lot of interviews uh, with Sun uh, about Java uh, that came out, and all of those interviews are coming. You know, it's my boss that's talking, right? But really, it's like me and him in the room, and everyone's asking questions. I was answering, and he was just kind of answering the business questions, right? But uh, it was, you know, it always came out as his name because I was I was not allowed to talk to the press. But um, so so I was, I was an, an intern. I was uh, you know a pre-sales engineer intern. So our job was much more uh, uh, like official job was was to kind of 
analyze the, the, the needs for the customers and then come up with, uh, you know, hardware configurations that would support that load, right? Mm -hmm. But my boss was, was very, very nice because from the very beginning, because Java is kind of, there's lots of people talking about Java. From the very beginning, it's like, Bruno, you can just keep, yeah, just keep studying the thing, just keep doing things. And then, so, so what I was doing all the time was I was actually going to customers and, and you know, either demoing uh, Java things or discussing with them how they could use Java. Uh, and so I was working with customers that were adopting Java, right? So, so that's, that's how uh, I think somewhere in 1996, uh, Bank of Brazil is like the biggest uh, bank in, in Brazil, the biggest bank in Latin America. Uh, they actually, through IBM, IBM uh, convincing them that they should use Java as as the language of choice, right? Because it was multi-platform, it could run on Windows, could run OS two at that time, it could run on Unix, and so uh, and so you know, Bank of Brazil took that that corporate decision of of doing Java, and then um, you know, but of course at that at that time, IBM had no one in Brazil that could actually teach Java, right? So <laughs> IBM comes up with Khan. And I was the one that went and gave the first um, the first uh, trainings for Bank of Brazil on Java, right? So basically, the thing I was doing all the time was this, you know, getting the customers that were like, you know, uh, very uh, uh, very early adopters, and they were doing whatever they were doing, right? So I worked in lots of different banks. I looked at a lot of different large companies, uh, small projects, uh, uh, healthcare projects. Everyone that was, that was doing. Uh, some 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 you know early adoption uh, early adoption of Java. Uh, I would get involved and and Sun would just let me go and I would work on the project for a while uh, for for as long as people would take me. And uh, you know Sun was not charging anything, uh, so so I would work for 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 those cool projects. You know one of the one of the the projects that I worked on, I actually remember the day that that uh, Pablo Madrid and Fabiani Nardon uh, walking into Sun office to see. You know the new job, the, the new, you know the Sun machines where you can run Java and anything like this, and they were doing this very very large um, uh, healthcare project, right? They were adopting uh, Java in the in the, the the heart hospital in Brazil, and um, and so you know so I, I got involved with this. Uh, and the follow up of this project actually won a Duke's Choice Award, one of the very first Duke's Choice Award. So you know, so I got involved in all those very very cool. Large-scale project, a uh, lot of experimentation, you know, um, uh, and several of the projects that I'm working on. Uh, so, so for example, this healthcare project got um, a Duke Choice Award. Another project was the 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 uh, 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 you know the taxes, mm -hmm. right? You know, you pay your income taxes uh, every year, right? Project uh, in Brazil that's that's in the first year they had like seven million people using that a desktop job application, right? So I, I was involved in that one too. So I, I got involved in all kinds of this very very cool um, uh, early adopter projects, uh, you know, because because of all these things. So um, your involvement doesn't mean programming or the hardware side. Oh no no no! It's all always programming, right? This, you know, this I I never did anything the harder side at Sun. Okay. So, what, what this, the things that I would do is that you know I would because I would be the most skilled Java programmer, right? So I'll be I'll be doing like the the core part of the system, and also uh, helping other people to get up to speed and learn Java, right? Mm -hmm. So that's, that's actually how I built my own company uh, around 2000. That's um, 
uh, left Sun and 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 kind of uh, helped bring to Brazil a, a consulting company called Suma Technologies. Mm-hmm. And you know, later on, we became uh, the owners of the company. But uh, doing exactly this, right? So we would get in into into projects and we would mentor people and we would develop the most like the the most sensitive parts and and help the rest of the team to to develop their parts. So. Yeah, I kind of specialize in this kind of crazy projects. Very cool. So you did a server-side programming or more client-side back then with applets and Swing and stuff like that? Well, most of my, my work was more server-side programming. But uh, but for a long time, I did um, I did a lot of, uh, you know, I, I did a few projects that were very uh, client-side. You know, this the income tax uh, application, for example, was was a completely desktop side application. Um, it, you know, it, was, it was not applets. It was like an installed desktop application that you know people would, would download or, or actually at that time they would they would get on a CD mm-hmm. and install it. And um, uh, I also did um, uh, many years later on. I participated on the on the the, the border border control uh, application. That was also. A, a desktop application, I, I helping them out with the security part of it. So, uh, you know, I'll, there, I had some uh, desktop application. I did some on mobile. You know, so I did some experimentation with you know some customers doing doing like the very early Java ME uh, mobile applications. I did a little bit of of uh, Java Card. Um, you know, some some applications we had. Uh, you know, we, uh, some customers experiment with Java Card. Um, and, and but most most of the things that I did was mostly server side. So um, you also know the Java Ring? You have it? Yes, I do have the Java Ring. Actually, I I, I have I have a few of them actually, and uh, so I do know the Java Ring, and I I, I played a lot with it. <laughs> yeah, it is actually it looks really nice, right? This is like a, a solid piece of of hardware. Yeah, it's it looks very very nice. I, I wonder if. You know, the, the its battery was supposed to last for ten years, so it's probably dead by now. Uh, but yes, it was—it was, it was a, a nice. It was the cool thing about the Java Ring was that it had um, the same API as the Java Card. Mm-hmm. So, but it was m- much more interesting because you didn't need to. Uh, you know, at that time, uh, the cards you couldn't really install. An, you know, uh, it was hard to install an application, the cards, anything like this. So the Java Ring allowed you to install the application. The Java Ring, the, the Java Card. Had almost no uh, uh, no memory, right? Mm-hmm. But Java Ring had actually uh, a, a pretty good amount of memory that you could use. So it was it was like a it was like a Java card on steroids. Like it was a lot easier to work with, a uh, lot easier to, to experiment with. Mm-hmm. Do you remember which IDEs you used back then? So I've I've been a NetBeans user for a very very long time. You know, I remember I remember using NetBeans before Sun acquired it when it was it was still a paid product, mm-hmm. and uh, so you know I I know I, I know I used a little bit of everything, especially on the very beginning. Um, this one one fun IDE that I used it for a while was uh, Sun's. How how was that called? Sun Java Workshop. Yes, yeah, Sun Java Workshop. Yes, exactly that one. You know, it's like a browser-based interface, right? So I remember, you know, uh, uh, demoing it and saying, "Oh, you know, you have the back button." <laughs> yeah, and there was also Sun Java Studio. So the Java Studio was listed Java Beans, and Java Studio Workshop was the hardcore ID. 
Right. Yeah. I know this. So, so I, I, yeah, I, I demo all those IDs. I remember also, uh, for, for a while I used it, uh, the Borland's, uh, when they launched a J builder and, but, but mostly, um, I've, I've been an, a NetBeans user, right? Since when, once NetBeans came out, you know, because NetBeans came out after all that, right? So yeah. once NetBeans came out, um, and especially after Sun acquired NetBeans, that's mostly the idea I've used it since then. When was your first Java One? So I did, I did participate uh, in a way, right, of the very, very first Java One because I read all the transcripts. I was a trainee at that time. There's no way Sun is going to send me <laughs> to an international event, but uh, so I read all the transcripts of the keynote. So by that time, you know, Sun had this, this the internet, right, and so all the transcripts of the, the the first Java One were available. Uh, and so I read, you know, John Gage and all those guys kind of talking about Java at that time. But the very first Java one that I did was was the second one. It was 1996. Mm-hmm. Or I think 1996 was the first one, 1997. So the second Java one is the one that I participated. How big was it? So I don't, you know, I think, I think the first one was 6,000 people. I, I would say the second one was about 10,000 people. Mm-hmm. And you know, for me, uh, I, I remember that when I when I first came in, and I I was first you know first time coming here to San Francisco, I I didn't know if I would knew any, know anyone, right? And uh, I was part of the mailing list, right? So there's a lot of people that I that I knew I was exchanging information with, but um, I you know couldn't have no idea if I would actually see anyone here, and so Sun had this this. Um, uh, pre-event party right the welcome party mm-hmm. on the day or night before uh the event officially started and it was in the moma museum right this great great place amazing place near, near Moscone center so you know I, I i vividly remember walking in and and seeing all those people uh and you know and actually that's that's when uh, I had met John Gage uh, because John Gage was in Brazil uh, a, a few months back uh, before before I, I traveled to Java One. So you know, so I I'm, I saw John Gage at the MoMA and I started talking with him. So you know, this this is a very very vivid memory for me. The very very first time I, I walked into into the Java One crowd. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, actually, uh, John Gage was an or is an interesting personality. What I really enjoyed, uh, he always attended the uh, keynotes so he had some uh, keynotes um, speeches and they were al- always not that tech set um, uh, um, focus on tech more like mm-hmm. uh, social and business and i really enjoyed that so i really missed uh, john uh, later at java ones yeah john john was an amazing person because he he was very very smart amazingly smart or he is right yeah. I, I haven't seen him, uh, for a long time but but um so John, uh, I remember that uh, John had this this program. I don't remember the name of it, but John has this program that he would run every three months uh, or something like this. That that he would interview these very very smart people, and uh, I remember one that that he did. It was all all about security, and you know you had those two hackers uh, talking about you know some some security uh, issues, and one of the the hackers was the guy. Um, uh, you know, was 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 the guy that 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 arrested Kevin Mitnick. I'm not sure you remember that. Yeah. And so, and they were talking about all this security stuff, like very very hard. And I was like, I was looking at the customers watching that. And it's like, man, no one's gonna understand any of this. So those guys were, you know, because they were talking about cryptography keys and everything. 
So, so once they finished speaking, John would say, oh, so you were saying that, and he would re-explain the whole thing in such an easy way for everyone to understand that you would see the you know, on the eyes of people watching to see that oh now I understand it. Mm-hmm. So John this right. So he would he would always get these very complicated uh, matters and very complicated uh, discussions and turn into something that's that was like that you could actually use for, for you know on your business and things like that. So yeah, I love it. Um, one of the, one of the best memories that I have at Java One is is that after every after every single keynote. Uh, and John was very nice, right? Because because um, you know he would uh, in every every keynote he would say, "Oh, you know, for for this week of Java One, we are all Brazilians, right?" That's that's he he was the one that started with this oh, with this okay. tradition of, hey, yeah, I know. And now that uh, um, uh, uh, you know the, the 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 guys from the Netherlands kind of doing like very very strong, right? So, but um, you know, so so John would say that, and so after every keynote, I would just wait there until everyone let leave and it was just kind of john there talking with some people and and when when it was all finished he would he would say bruno let's go and so we would walk around and and we'd talk about all kinds of things java and and he would bring me to the backstage of java one and and introduce me to people and so we had like a, a one one hour conversation after every single keynote so there was like a uh a, a, a one of one of the, the best moments of java one for me yeah and um but you are so we didn't talk about open source right now. But it seems like the open source stuff you are really into open source. So when it started, were you from the beginning um, for open source, or what? How you got the open source bug or idea? So for me, uh, open source. Uh, so so first of all, I was you know I started with Java in 1995, right? So one of the, the cool things that uh that i i had um uh with java was that you know you had the source code available right and for me that was very cool because that time uh you know the documentation would would answer everything right and i was working with this crazy project um inside inside customers trying to 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 use java for for this this new things that no one no i mean no one was using for anything right and so so um, I, I was relying a lot on taking a look at the source code and see how, how things work it, uh, to actually answer those questions, right? Um, I was the only person in, in Brazil that actually answered questions for all the Brazilian uh, people that were using Java inside Sun, right? So, uh, you know, when, when people come, came with this, this crazy questions, I would rely a lot on the source code uh, of Java to, to take a look. And so I did mention this everywhere, right? Every, every time that we talk about uh, Java to any customers, I would say, you know, you have the source code available, so you can take a look. You know, um, there's a license that allows you to modify uh, the source code. There's all this community around uh, around uh, Java and the source code and everything. So, so you know, remember that open source. Of course, um, in my time at university, actually, I, I when I was in university a few years before, I I did watch my first uh, my, my the first the first presentation that I saw. Uh, from uh, um, from Stallman, right? Uh, from Richard Stallman, and so I already had this idea that you know you you had the source code. I mean that's that's well, how I started. Uh, was Richard in Brazil? Yes, he was in Brazil many many years ago, right? So when I first started university uh, in 1992 or three or something like this, mm-hmm. um, he was he was in Brazil, and I watched his uh, a presentation from him at my university, and. And so, you know, and I, I started my career by modifying 
the source code of, of video, the, the games that I was playing, right? So for me, having access to the source code was an amazing thing that Java had, right? So uh, a, a few years later, when you know when open source came out in 1998, right? I was already promoting the idea that that Java had the source code available and you could modify the source code for three years, right? So for me, it was an obvious uh, 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 like step, right? Uh, in, in promoting the whole notion that, you know, you have to have access to the source code. And, and uh, you know, one of the, the, the interesting things that, that people rarely think about in terms of Java, you know, we had the struggle for many years with Java, you know, is Java open source, Java not open source, thing like that. But actually the licensing of Java was before the open source definition, right? So, you know, Sun uh, had a lot of its source code available in, 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 in different, different licenses. You know, Sun was a strong um, um, a promoter of, you know, of having the source code access and everything, and all kinds of things that they were doing. Um, and so Java is one of those. It was like an, an experiment with this new license. And, and so when, when in 1998, uh, you know, well, in 1998, um, Netscape kind of open sourced uh, its 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 browser, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that's what that's what launched the open source re uh, revolution. And the cool thing is that one of the, one of one of the inspirations that Netscape had uh, to open source their source code is because Sun was like had had been the only company that had open sourced a new stuff. Mm -hmm. It was not open source; that they had put available the source code of one of their new new things a few years before there was Java, right? So, you know, IBM jumping the Java one, uh, bandwagon, Netscape jumping jump the Java bandwagon, all because the source code was available so they could modify it. And so it took many years uh, for us to actually get uh, to show Sun that, uh, you know, it should change the license of Java to become a real open source license, right? But, uh, you know, but, but both movements had... Uh, the same philosophy behind, right? The, the idea that you could get the source code, you could modify it, you could you could send back to the community, and you could you know you could work with it, right? So for me, it was more like an extension of what, what I was doing. And what really got me into open source was that around 2000, when uh, you know br the Brazilian government was was using heavily Java. Java. So let me, let me, I actually wrote a chapter in the book Open Sources 2.0 talking about this exactly this story but but java was the thing that helped the brazilian government reach out for freedom right you know before java everything the brazilian government was doing was windows based right there's very very little of anything else so so the brazilian government start using java heavily to become independent of microsoft and of ibm right so you know um, there's a there's a lot of efforts to 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 use uh, Did it make a difference? I'm just uh, uh, now because um, now the Brazilian government can use uh, Java and open source before they use Windows and IBM. So now, oh, no, they, yeah, they could they couldn't use it before, right? Because because they were already using Windows and IBM, uh, you know, since the '80s, right? So Java is actually a way for to get to get a little bit free from that. Yeah, but right? uh, was it a big thing? I mean. Um, did it make a difference for for the for the oh, Brazilian yes, governments? Did it save money yeah, it was, or whatever? What was the positive effect of uh, going uh, Java and open source? 
it's it it allowed uh, you know it allowed you to to actually choose and so vendors then there's a lot of things that you can do you know you can you, you you can get better deals you can negotiate things you can you know there's all kinds of all kinds of of, of real effects of that right and so basically instead of just having to rely on one single vendor for everything uh you know the brazilian governments so there's a lot of jboss usage at that time mm-hmm. um there's a lot of uh, a lot of discussion around so so you know basically Java allowed the Brazilian government to start using everything, right? Mm-hmm. So there's so so there was a proliferation of different uh, platform, different vendors. What I think that I think is a good thing, and then and then what happened was around 2000 there was the open source. You know, open source was was getting stronger and stronger, and there was a, a big push in Brazil for the usage of open source or you know free software and open source. Uh, we call it here software livre, right? So there's a, a big push to, uh, to that the government should should adopt and use uh, uh, software livre uh, for uh, uh, you know for for whatever they're doing, and there was a big thing because most of the you know if if you see the the Brazilian government start using Linux because they could run JBoss on top of it and they could run their Java application on top of it, right? So, so, so every single in the in the first couple of years of the, of of the, this movement of Linux adoption in Brazil, every single application was a Java application, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you're all you're all migrating existing Java applications running on Windows to Linux because you could just kind of reinstall everything and, and run, right? And so, at, at, so at the same time, there's this big movement that well, if we're now pushing for for free, for software livre. Java is not livre, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, and so that's that's when I got that's that's so around 2000. That's when I got uh, heavily involved in the, in, the, in the discussion, because um, you know you know so for me Java was not you know the sun's ver- sun uh, version of Java, the sun implementation of Java was not livre, but I I didn't see any reason why we could not have a real. Uh, uh, you know, a, a real open source implementation of Java, right? There's there's some initiatives like Cafe VM and and some others that they were they were, they were doing. So I got involved in that discussion, and that's when I got really heavily involved in open source because I got involved in that discussion by showing that Java was a standard, and being a standard could be implemented in different in different specifications. For me, for the government, it was more important that the government was using a standard that could be implemented in open source. Than if the government was just using open source, mm-hmm. right? So that was a discussion I got involved in, and that's that's how I, I got heavily uh, involved in open source. So I went to you know to discuss all the licensing, and I went to understand how the Java license worked, and I went to understand how the JCP worked, right? And by that time, I was uh, the I was the first person actually. Uh, the guys from the JCP tell me that I was the only individual that ever paid to join the JCP, right? So. Uh, so I was, uh, 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 and so I was very into this discussion of how we can actually uh, make sure that the JCP have the right provisions to, so we could implement an open source version of Java at some point, right? So that's that's how I got I got heavily involved. Mm-hmm. That's interesting because uh, I think around 2000 I opened my own JSR, and mm-hmm. this was I think 193. It was like um, I'm just searching for it. And mm-hmm. uh, I was also an individual, and I was shot be- as I was uh, shot before paying. I, I remember it was five thousand dollars or something. Client side container it was two thousand and two, 
And I'm the specification lead and expert group lead, but it was done withdrawn because IBM was uh, not that... Um, they had already a clip started and they didn't want to have a client-side container. But mm -hmm. um, I didn't have to pay that because they told me I'm individual, so I'm like a freelancer. And then I was able to participate without paying. Right. So, so basically... Um, uh, you know, what I, what I've learned uh, uh, after that, right. So, so because I didn't have any contacts in the JCP at that time. Right. So I just kind of joined in and registered and paid for it. Right. And, uh, yeah, I think it was $5,000 for a company. And if you were an individual, it was a lot cheaper, I think like 200 or a hundred dollars, something like this. Um, and so, uh, but what I learned later on is that, uh, for most individuals that wanted to participate, they would just waive the fee. <laughs> that's why I'm, I was the, you know, that's why Patrick Curran always tells me that I was the only person that uh, ever paid. Okay. <laughs> exactly. I was, and it was Patrick Curran. Uh, I was uh, in touch with him, and uh, then one day he said, "I have to withdraw the uh, JSR because of some issues and whatever." But it was interesting experience. So. Yeah. Yes. So, so, um, so, so you worked right. it on open source, and uh, I think. You work with Simon Phipps together to open source Java, or you are the only initiator, or what was the story? Oh, so the story of open source Java is a long one, right? But you know, there's lots of lots of lots and lots of people that participated. But um, you know, and and I, I had a, a small participation by by discussing the topic, right? So I left Sun in 1995. I mean, I left Sun in 2000, and so and that's when I, I built my own company. So for, for and then I came back from Sun. In uh, 2006, oh. right? So actually, I actually came back to Sun one day after they they announced the open source of Java. <laughs> and so why can, you did I, it? So so basically, during this time, during the six years, I fought for, um, you know, for for I, I discussed with Sun. I fought for the open sourcing of Java. We actually had uh, the whole thing started when we had a, a meeting at the uh, Feasley. The International Free Software uh, Forum in that's that happens in Brazil in Porto Alegre and the south of Brazil, and so at that meeting, I I uh, you know I I've met a guy called Ian Schessler. Uh, Ian is is a Debian developer and you know also he, he's a uh, he participated in lots of open source uh, uh, free Java versions, and one of the one of the things that Ian is is uh, is, a, is is recognized for is to to suggest to the Debian community to create the open source definition, right? And so so Ian was in Brazil at that time. So so he came to, to talk with me and we both discussing how, you know, what we could do to, in terms of the open source Java. And so we got, we actually organized a meeting with the guys from IBM that were in the events, with Simon Phipps from Sun that was at the events. And so we, we had we had uh, So Java, there's a user group, we had I, IBM, uh, we had Sun and we had Debian through Ian. You know, these four people, uh, this, this four groups, kind of, kind of have this discussion. Um, uh, some, I, I think it was somewhere around 2000 or 2001, I think. And then, uh, and and we had all the discussion about the Brazilian government wanting to to use open source and and you know Java was not officially free. How we could actually get uh, uh, you know the license of Java to to or at least having the JCP in a way that we could actually have an open source license for Java. That's when the discussion started. And so I got involved specifically because I wanted, for me, Java was the main technology for us to have freedom, right? Now, for me, freedom is actually the freedom that I, it's not, 
is I mean, of course, there's an important freedom of uh, of changing the code and thing like that. But 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 for me, freedom is uh, it's a lot to be okay. I put all this effort in developing my application, right? So how can I actually run my application different place? That's that's a very important freedom that Java uh, provides. So for me, Java is always providing an extra freedom that open source by itself doesn't provide. You know, the whole standards and the multi-platform thing. Uh, that was that was extremely important. So uh, so I got involved because I wanted uh, that that Java to succeed uh, not only the Brazilian government but everywhere. And 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 I saw that you know only the freedom of uh, of choosing different vendors, but not having the freedom of you implementing uh, you know you changing the VM or you implement the VM to different systems. You actually porting the VM to into our places. You know I I, I had some some insights on on how hard it was uh, to port the VM to other places and, and for me that was a that was a problem for Java right you know not being able to port Java everywhere uh, and and ha having to rely on Sun to do those kind of things um, it was it was it was not good right so so that's that's how I got that's that's why I got involved because I think you know for me uh, for Java to succeed I I, I had the idea and I, I, I had the, the firm impression that for Java to succeed, we had to have a uh, uh, you know the, the best portability ever, and that was was open open source was the way. So, but what was the problem? Uh, was it one person at Sun who had to say yes to open source Java? So, what was the challenge, or was it just a legal issue, or you know, how, well, how you did it? Was, yeah, there was a lot. There's a lot of discussion. I mean, you know, it's. <laughs> There is a actually there's a very good um, blog post if you can put on the on the notes uh, after there's a very good blog post uh, from Denise Cooper where she lists um, everyone that's that's uh, that participated on that effort and I think that the problem was was I think there's a lot of problems there's the legal uh, discussions uh, Java was Java was Sun's main thing right so open sourcing that was like. You know, everyone's kind of say, "Oh, his son is never is never going to open source Solaris." But I think Solaris was a small part. You know, Java was the big thing that Sun had at that time, right? And so, um, open source. There's a, a lot of people who think that thought that that if open source in Java, Sun would lose control. Uh, you know, Sun had the idea of being like the you know the the benevolent dictator uh, of Java. Uh, even James Gosling, right? You know, I remember one uh, uh, we organized a meeting. Between James Gosling and Dalibor Topic, and Dalibor at that time he was the the maintainer of Cafe VM, and we organized that meeting uh, in 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 Brasilia uh, uh, when James visited Brazil for uh, uh, for the first time, and uh, and James told Dalibor at that time he said, look, you know I you want to do a Java VM right? That's not something I'm interested in because I already did mine, right? Mm -hmm. So so I, I think even for James the whole idea of you know kind of someone wanting to do another VM was not obvious, right? There, there was there, there was interest, right? Mm -hmm. And so today, if you think back, like, to, you know, uh, today, Dalibor Topic is uh, the Open JDK uh, uh, community manager, right? So, you know, how things, how things changed from that meeting. So, uh, and so I think there was a lot of, a lot of, I wouldn't say a lot of resistance in C, I think I think there's a lot of of doubts if that that would be useful for anything, right? It was a lot of effort. It would be a huge uh, uh, money effort, a huge uh, a huge effort to build the community. There's a, there's a lot of things that had to be done for this to happen, and I don't think people were actually 
um, uh, convincing that that's things should be done, right? I think a lot of people at Sun thought that, well, we have a license that's open source enough, right? Why do we need to do all of that? So I think there, there's some of that. And Sun was an interesting company because, you know, so you could have everyone agreeing to it. But if you had one person saying, I'm not sure, then Sun would not do it, right? <laughs> okay. So, you know, so, so I think there's a lot of convincing from a lot of different people. So I, so I think Denise Cooper, Simon Phipps, and a lot, a lot of other people uh, had to kind of go and one by one and talk with, all the, uh, with a lot of those people. And I was outside of the Sun at the time, right? So my main work was, you know, to mobilize the user groups and to mobilize, the, uh, you know, the governments and have the discussions and bring people together and, and talk a lot about it. Uh, and and I remember I was actually with Gare Magnussen. Gare Magnussen at that time he was a vice president of Apache, and he came to a, to a conference, the same the same event that that James Gosling came. Uh, Gare came down to Brazil in Brasilia, and you know we had a a bunch of of Java hackers, right? You know, uh, Gare, Simon was there, Dalbert Topic was there. Uh, you know, I had all those people. Uh, uh, There's the JCP guys were there. You know, uh, Ono Klutz. Uh, from the JCP was there. We had lots of JavaScript group uh, leaders. So we had all those people from all over the world. We had people from IBM, had people from Sun. You know, we had all people, all of them there. And we spent uh, a lot of times talking. And then we took those guys to to a city called Pirinopolis. It's a beautiful place with lots of waterfalls. And so we spent a one day walking, right, on these waterfalls and, you know, and swimming and all those kind of things. And um, this whole day, Right, it was all discussion discussing the open sourcing of Java. Right, just uh, everything, uh, all the opinions, and uh, everyone, uh, you know, discussing the legal things, and like that's like a full day of walking and discussing the open sourcing of Java. So when Gare Magnuson came out of that that day, and and he just uh, I met him at Java One uh, Code One uh, last week, and he he he. he, he he remembered. You know, that's actually he said, "Oh, you know that was that that that's when we launched in Harmony, right? Because that day is when we and Gear came out of the discussion with the certainty that Apache should do uh, an open source Java VM. It wasn't called Harmony at the time. There was another name there's, that they were discussing uh, that Gear was was discussing, but um, you know it became Harmony uh, later than uh, after that. But from from that discussion, that's when Gear." Uh, got the assurance from the JCP, the assurance from from the, from, from Simon, and the assurance from um, other people that yes, it was indeed possible to, uh, uh, to you know, for, you know uh, uh, to to create a clean room open source implementation of Java, and and that's that's when we launched Harmony, uh, the Harmony project, uh, you know, a couple of, a couple of weeks after that. So uh, you know, so so there's so a lot of this was was getting people uh, together to discuss things. And, and one thing that you said is it was about convincing Sun. And for me, it was never about convincing Sun. I, ha- I, I, was, I was one of the guys that I never asked Sun to open source Sun's implementation of Java. The only thing that I wanted for all that time was to have a, a free, open source, compatible, right, certified implementation of Java Based on the JCP standards, done by someone else, right? You know, I, I always thought that Sun could do whatever they wanted with their implementation, as long as we had the possibility of doing something that we wanted with whatever implementation we wanted, right? And so, and I think that what happened was that when 
Harmony took off and there was, there was interest in the market and everyone was talking about it. That's when Sun realized that, you know, either they, they open source their own implementation or, or you know, they're just going to be left behind. That's my impression. Right? Yeah. I wasn't at the at time. Uh, but, but, you know, that, that's, I think, I think a lot of people from Sun use it, Harmony, as the, the, the la last straw, kind of like the last push. And, and once they did that, um, that's, you know, then Sun finally announced the open sourcing of Java. And, uh, and I start working for Sun again on the NetBeans group, uh, you know, the, the, the day after that. <laughs> oh, I remember. Exactly. You were a community manager at NetBeans or something like this, right? Exactly. So I, be, I became the NetBeans uh, Worldwide Community Manager, um, and my my first official day was right after Sun announced the, op the open source of Java, yes. Yeah, and this is how I met you via emails the first time. So I, oh, okay, now I remember, because I knew some we had something to do with with each other, but I couldn't remember where. Right, yes, exactly. So, so, then, so then I worked for NetBeans for quite some time, and, uh, you know, actually... For, for for a couple of years, I worked for NetBeans as a community manager, and and that's when uh, you know uh, Oracle acquired Sun, mm -hmm. and um, and then you know and 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 then I, I was I was I was laid off right before the acquisition I was was completed. Oh really? Do you, but yeah. this is actually unusual. So um, did they close the team or they somehow suspected your open source background? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't know exactly what happened. Uh, I, 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 you know, I, I don't want to be, I don't want to be more critical than I should uh, with, with some people. But I know it had everything to do with Sun Brazil. Okay. Uh, you know, there's there, there was. I think that I think people at Sun Brazil are trying to protect uh, whoever's uh, position was. I don't know something like this mm -hmm. because uh, because there's a lot of people laid off um, uh, in Brazil. It's about we had about thirty people laid off at the same time. They're all related to uh, to the open source efforts. Okay, and uh, I, I don't think there was a, a similar laid off with open source team from around the world. So, and um, and my boss, he was really upset because he did not want to want to want to lay me off. But it was a decision from Sun Brazil, and I was on a Sun Brazil employee, right? So, you know, so. Uh, so, I, I, but for me, it was good, right? I, I, I got, um, you know, I, I got a, a, uh, I got laid off by Sun and not by Oracle, right? So for me, uh, I, I came back to my own company uh, as a consultant, and uh, there's a lot of good things that happened because of that. So I, I have no grudges whatsoever for what happened. Um, it was 2009, right? That was 2009, yes, exactly. And then, yeah. so you were just consultant in your own company? Yeah, so then I came back. Um, so, so for me, one of the last things I did at Sun, uh, I was working a little bit of the cloud efforts from Sun. So, um, so when I was laid off uh, uh, from Sun, you know, one of the things that I I, I called my my I told I told my partners in my because we we had a, a consulting company that I stepped out to go to go to go at, work, work back at Sun, right? So, you know, so when I, I was laid off. I, I call my, you know, my, I call my friends and said, look, I'm, I'm, I want you, you know, I'm coming back, but first of all, I have to think a little bit of what I'm, I'm going to do in my life. And, you know, I think there's a huge opportunity around the clouds, uh, right now. And, and I want to, I want to take a look at this. 
So, um, you know, so because I was, I was, I was uh, dealing with the SunCloud initiatives, right? Mm-hmm. And so, so I went out and um, I called my, a good friend, Fabiani Nardon, and me and her, we, we built a, a cloud company called Tools Cloud. And where we start doing, uh, uh, you know, Jenkins and continuous integration, continuous deployment in the cloud. And so there was a, a, a very, we, we still, you know, we still run this company. Uh, it still exists. We have, you know, lots of, lots of cool customers. And, um, but, but there was, that was my initiative, my, my first try, I guess, of actually creating a product, right? So we went out and, and you know, and, and we, we got some, it was a startup, so we got some funding. Uh, I, I, I spent some time in the U.S. to launch the company uh, and things like that. And then it's, it's, you know, in a lot of ways, uh, all of the, our initiatives that we're trying with it. I mean, the company still exists and it still works and, it's still, and the customers are happy and everything. But all, all of our marketing initiatives that we try to do here in the U.S. fail miserably, right? And that was, that was the moment that I realized that, you know, you can't just be, uh, if you really want to do something, if you really really want to want to build your own your own stuff, you can't just be a technical guy, right? I was me and Fabiani were very technical. We just wanted to do the technical things. We we we're not interested in doing the uh, you know all, for for us all this marketing and sales was was something that you know someone else had to deal with, and um, and that when when we completely failed. Uh, and I, it was clear for me that we failed because we were unable to, to, to tell our, our marketing team and our sales team what our, our vision was, right? They never understood what we wanted to do. And that's when I realized, well, you know, if you really want to be uh, independent, if you really want to be the best developer you can be, you have to have some of this, this other knowledge, right? So I went on a search on, on actually what else do we need to be uh, great developers uh, what else we need to be to actually take control of our careers, right? So this, so that's that was my next step, I guess. Yeah. So and uh, now you you are running Tools Cloud and Suma, or what are you doing now? So basically, you know, so Tools Cloud exists, um, and the guy that runs it, it's 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 uh, it's a friend of mine called Rodrigo Mochino. He he he, he uh, mostly runs it, and we, actually he's he's re reshaping it uh, in, in lots of cool cool ways. Um, but, um, what I'm doing now is, is, um, I actually kind of went back to my roots, right? I, I kind of remember that, that story I told you about, uh, my dad and, and when we first, when I first started son and I saw how important it was for my dad to help me and be in, and help me do what I wanted instead of kind of trying to convince me to do what he wanted to do. And then I realized that for everything that I've done in my career since then, since that day, uh, I always, you know, I always just uh, put my own goals uh, to the side so I could help other people improve their careers, right? So I, I look at, you know, all the effort that I did with the Java groups, even the, the open sourcing of Java, it, it had every, every, very little to do with my own stuff, right? It's a lot to do with, you know, other, other people actually uh, being able to step up in their careers. Uh, and so a lot of things that I was doing had everything to do, even even my discussion around, uh, you know, continuous integration, continuous deployment is in, in DevOps, right? I, I did a big push of DevOps a few years ago. And even that, the whole objective was how we can get... Uh, developers to take control of their careers, how we can get developers to actually 
uh, you know, use the newest technology and, uh, and you know, and, and, and don't don't work on, on crazy uh, uh, projects that, that, that that's like, you know, you never go back home. You know, so all of these had, had to do with career discussion, right? So that's why the last couple of years I kind of uh, uh, kind of switched gears a little bit and I launched the Code for Life initiative. And Code for Life is all about helping developers uh, to, to grow their careers, helping developers to take control and design their own careers, right? And so, you know, we have a series of initiatives we just did for Oracle Code 1, for example. Uh, we just did a, an, an initiative to help developers, um, uh, this, we call it the, the Speaker Secrets, where we, we, you know, that we had an initiative to help developers uh, become better speakers. Uh, so, you know, so I've, I've been, um, in the last couple of years, especially the last year, I've been kind of switch switch it to to full time helping developers improve their careers. Was it a commercial initiative or how you earn your money? Well, there's there's a uh, you know it's the cool thing about about the way we can do business today is that almost 100 percent of everything I do is completely free for everyone, right? But you know there are a few there are a few people that want more, right? They want they want to really help, you know, because because the whole thing is. Uh, Content is easy and it's free, right? You know everything's available, but the thing that's not the, the thing that's not free is my time, <laughs> exactly. right? And the cool and the cool thing that I I've learned it is that um, by by helping a few people that want to help the support and want to have the mentorship and want to help and want to have uh, you know someone uh, uh, helping them al- along the way, right? By helping a few people like this, I can actually get a hundred percent of my time. To help everyone, so so today instead of doing you know uh, 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 consulting and and um, and and kind of have to do lots of other things to pay my day job, and so I could do we- at nights and weekends helping people that are doing the careers, I can do 100% of my time helping people do their careers, right? So, you know, this is this has been uh, so yes, it is a commercial uh, initiative. Uh, it has. Uh, you know, that's that's how I, I, I earn my money today, right? But uh, of course, uh, I still have the consulting company uh, Suma. Uh, that's you know we have about uh, forty uh, consultants, so that's that's a a, a very very good uh, revenue stream. Uh, we do have Tools Cloud. That's also um, a good you know we have lots of customers. We also uh, a good revenue stream. You know today, one hundred percent of my work is on on Code for Life. Okay, so so you are like you are thinking now it's time to give back, right? Yes. So you know, I, I've I've been I've been I think it's, I think it's has always been time to give back, right? Mm-hmm. I've been giving back uh, uh, every everything everything that I've done. I've been giving back uh, to to the community since since many many years ago. But the thing there's a difference, right? There is you know a lot of times you're giving back, but what you're giving to the community. Is your personal time, right? You know, I mean, you're you're actually uh, taking time out of your family, taking time, uh, you know, even even t- even 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 take some of your health, right? And and it, it, there is a limit on how much you can do about that. So what I what I kind of learned in the last couple of years that there are ways for you to do this in a way that actually brings you real results. So you can you can actually do more, right? It's funny that. How much more you can do? How much more you can give back when actually what you're doing brings you real results uh, for your business? And I think that's something that I took many, many years to learn, and um, and you know even even at Sun, 
right? Uh, uh, Sun was giving a lot of things uh, to a lot of people. You know, they've given a lot of so- uh, code and everything, and a lot of things for free, uh, but without thinking about the business. That's why Sun w- went bankrupt, right? Yeah. And so, so, so instead of, you know, I think it's possible for you to create something that uh, it really uh, allows you to, to uh, uh, you know, to get real results for you, and the more results you have for, for you, what happens that more results you bring for everyone else? Yeah, this is called synergy, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Great. Um, Great word, yes. Um, the, um, you attended the Java one or Code one. I also attended. I spent two days in San Francisco, and I briefly saw you on the hall, but uh, I went to my talk, and then I uh, f- flew back to Germany. Um, yeah. What's your thoughts renaming Java one to Code one? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's, there's two things, right? First of all, I think that every event that's, that kind of uh, become a, a, a little bit broader event and, 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 and um, attracted uh, more developers uh, from other areas became a better event, right? So, you know, TDC, the developers conference in Brazil, uh, did this many years ago and was very successful. You know, DevOx uh, in Belgium did this was very successful. So, I, so I don't, I don't think that the expansion of Java One into a more, you know, code-related things and 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 you know, Java VM-related languages and other things like this. I, I don't think that's a bad idea. I, I like it. This right. The thing that bothered me a little bit was, you know, it could have been called Code One, right? You know, in and but it's, it was actually called Oracle Code One, and, and I think that it kind of upsets some companies. And you know, so so I think that at least in this first year, uh, I know some companies were not interested in coming, uh, or or some people didn't didn't get uh, approval from their their managers uh, to come because it was now uh, an Oracle event. And I think this is bad. You know, I think this. This is bad for uh, for the community. Java is a multi-vendor, uh, multi-community effort. So uh, you know, I think I think I think the Java brand uh, represented that more than the Oracle brand does. So exactly. I didn't like that part. But you know, Code One, it's not. I don't think it's 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 not bad. Um, uh, and and the truth is, I was surprised that we did see a lot of companies at the event. So maybe it didn't hurt us as much as I thought it would. Uh, but that was the part I didn't like. We will see next year. This is what interests yeah. me because I think many people were curious what how it looks like and what happens. And I'm really curious how many right. attendees we will have next year. So my right. thoughts on that was um, Java One. It was a very strong brand. So I saw you know uh, enterprise developers from USA and all, only only saw them at Java One. Never mm-hmm. else. So we met, you know, once yeah. a year and then chat a little bit and then uh, the next year. And then and then did, didn't saw them this year. And I'm really curious whether they will come back next year. And uh, I think from Oracle perspective and marketing perspective, it was not that smart move to rename Java mm-hmm. 1 to Code 1. What I right. would do, I would probably, Code 1 is, by the way, Code 1 is a great name. I like the name. Code, code 1 mm-hmm. sounds great. But... Mm-hmm. They could have code one, and then you know, like, uh, and they like a brand or uh, let's say like an umbrella name, and then introduce mm-hmm. you know Java one, Rust one, and whatever one, and they have mm-hmm. little ones behind the scenes because right now it's a little bit what I don't 
I don't think what will happen is that we'll have Moscone West and a Rust developer will walk in and try to find a Rust talks or, or Go developer will try to find Go talks or JavaScript developer JavaScript talks um, mm -hmm. because it is really hard to find them, right? This is, uh, we cannot right. this is what, what I'm curious, how it will work out. And mm -hmm. also, I think young developers, how likely it is that a young Go, Rust or JavaScript developer will join, you know, Oracle Code One, which happens to be at the, exactly the same time as Oracle Open World. So this is also what right. interests me: how we will, you know, play out. Right. Yeah, I, I, I also don't know. Uh, you know, I, I think that that this year was kind of an experiment, mm -hmm. and and now, uh, I like like you, I'm curious to see uh, what what people think. Right. I think that's in general, we got uh, some good feedback. You know, I I haven't seen people complaining about the events. Um, I haven't seen people not liking the events uh, in general. So I think that's, that general feedback was good. Yeah. But of course, a lot of it's going to depend on how the companies see it, right? Yeah. Or how the company will, will have results or not results uh, from, from, the, uh, from the event, right? So, so let's see how that's going to be next year. Uh, I know that some people are complaining about, you know, the size of the rooms and maybe the rooms are too big uh, and and not enough attendees or things like this. So let's see uh, how that's going to be. And and I, I I'm with you, right? Like I want to see how next year is going to is going to pan out. Exactly. By the way, I'm I, I was really satisfied with Code One from the uh, from the uh uh talk perspectives i attended several talks and, and listened to them and they were great as always so um, i'm just curious how it plays out next year so right and yeah, I, I, I have to say that I, I there's a lot of great things for me code one was amazing really you know i've, I've got a lot of great conversations I, I thought that the java champions uh briefing was excellent this year um you know i thought that um you know uh, the, the presentation that I watched it was was very very good. I have lots of you know, everyone that I expected to see there, uh, or actually almost everyone I expect to see there was there. Uh, so you know I, I think that the hub was great. You know there's so many cool things going on in the hub. So the, so you know I really enjoyed uh, uh, our code one. But for me in particular, it was very special because this year. Uh, we, we, we got uh, some support from Oracle and we did the speaker secrets uh, effort where we actually uh, helped speakers to, to be better presenters at Code One. So, you know, was, uh, we, we did this for, for, for three weeks before the events. We had a speakers uh, meeting during the events, you know, on the Sunday right before the event started. Um, and so, so, so for me, was really really special because I had a uh, this year I had a different uh, relationship with the speakers that I thought it was a lot deeper uh, than in previous years. So for me, uh, Code One actually was was very very special. Hey, cool. So now, how the people, the listeners of the show, can find you on the internet? So what's uh, your links? What's your no? What's uh, the URI of your companies and so forth? Okay, so so I think the best. Uh, thing that that you can do is 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 go for code four dot life, code the number four mm -hmm. dot life, and that is that is the, the the career initiative. You know, so if 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 you're listening to this and you want to improve your career and you want to you know uh, be a better developer, uh, you, you go there. If you put your name in email, you got an email from me. So you, you so you can ask me any questions. I, I'm I'm kind of totally available uh, to help you out in your career. 
Um, if you prefer, you can also follow me on BR Java Man on Twitter. Um, I'm also very available there. And, and, and I think those are the best, the two best ways. So, okay, great. So I wish you lots of luck with Code, um, code for Life, right? Is this the really Code yeah. for Life? Yeah. yeah and, for um, life, yeah. and with your other companies as well. So it was, now I know who you are. Actually, I, we met for 10 years and I never had the, the chance, you know, to ask you these questions. So I think uh, podcasts are a great venue for this. Yes, podcasts, it's great for this. So thanks, thanks a lot, Adam. It's, it's amazing. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of your podcasts. Thanks a lot for uh, for inviting me. For me, it's a very, very big honor um, uh, to be part of this. You know, you you are uh, a, a top leader in this industry, and you know it's it's a big, big honor to be here with you. Thanks a lot for that. Thank you. Bye. Okay. Bye.